Hello and welcome to this episode of the Reset Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Brunel. Each episode, I bring on a different business leader, entrepreneur, a wonderful person who's doing some game-changing things. And in this episode, I am delighted to have Katrina Fowle, who's a functional nutritionist. She has a great story and she does amazing work. So it's a fantastic conversation. Please take a listen. Hey, Katrina. Hi, Laura. Great to be here. Thanks for having me on. Delighted to have you on. So as you know, I haven't listened to an episode or seven of the podcast. The first question is always the same. Answer is always um, delightful. I'm sure yours would be no different. So, Katrina, what was your first job? My very first job, um, I worked some retail in high school uh, and then some restaurant jobs in college. So retail in high school. So, okay, what was the local retail place you ended up working at? I worked at the Limited. I did customer service and, um, you know, different folding clothes and, you know, things like that. Ah, uh, the limited. So mm-hmm. we are contemporaries then because I feel like I spent way too many weekends at the mall at the limited. Um, so <laughs> they always had those really cute dresses that were like 1999 and then they didn't really last, but they were good. Um, baby doll dresses, they were cute. I, I, I do recall. Yeah, um, I don't know that I made a whole lot of money because, you know, you get the discount and then you're seeing all the clothes all the time, but it was a fun job. <laughs> and what did you do when you were there? Um, I was helping customers. And honestly, I think it was great experience for me to really understand what the service industry and how to connect with people and, you know, listen to them and hear what their needs are. It it always plays well. And like I said, I always ask this question because it always fun, interestingly enough, correlates in some way, some way to perform to what people do when they end up on the podcast with me. Uh, because it tells it, you know, what I learned about people, what I learned how I don't want to deal with people or how I how I want to help people. So it's always fascinating to hear the one the the job that sort of first pops into your head when we chat about it. So um and it sounds like you're no different because. Tell me how we got to be having this conversation right now. What was that career journey like? Yeah, so I I own I opened a studio, a Pilates studio when I was 24, and I thought that's what I'm going to do forever and I loved owning a business and developing and growing it. And then um I got cancer. And that just changed everything for me. The whole process of addressing it naturally just blew my mind with what the body can do. And I went back to school and now I'm a practitioner working with cancer clients. Um, so, so the whole, my cancer journey, my health issues led me to what I'm doing now. Wow. And well, one glad you're here. Thank you. Um, Kind of tell us a little bit more about this. So like, you know, I think there's so much in the news about what functional health is and nutrition and nutrition and you know using natural ways to heal some of our challenges can you help dispel some of the the, the, the confusion about like what it is you actually do what it is you do not so that we can guide some folks that's a great question so when you're looking at a cancer diagnosis you know a, a traditional oncologist is going to use things like surgery chemotherapy and radiation but what they're not doing, um, and, and those are all fine and good if, if that's what you choose to go. I'm not against that, and I work integratively a lot. But what they're not doing is looking at the root cause of why a person got cancer, meaning there are known carcinogens that are in the person's life 
that are not being looked at or tested for. There are health issues um, that are not being addressed that are all going to contribute. And we have in the research 10 areas that are known to cause cancer. And so what I do is when someone has a diagnosis, they come to me and we're going to do a, a whole lot of functional testing to identify which of those 10 areas are the root cause drivers for them. And usually it's not one. That's the big takeaway. It's not one thing. And most people are looking for one thing. It's going to be like six or eight of them with somebody that's got something like cancer, some kind of intense chronic disease. And it's a matter of making sure we get all the smoking guns, so to speak, on the table and address all of them so that we can turn this around and really make sure that the person is um, is healthy. Because at the end of the day, the tumor is just a symptom. It's not it's not the problem. The problem is all those other areas that are clouding and, and overwhelming the immune system so that it can't do what it's designed to do, which is to capture and destroy rogue cancer cells. Wow. And so what does like the functional medicine testing look like? like what oh, do you yeah. Do? Yeah. So most of it, it's, it's amazing the tools that we have nowadays. Most of my clients are not local to me. I have very few local clients. Um, and I just drop ship them tests that they can do in the privacy of their own home. So fun things like stool collection and urine collection, saliva, swabs, um, the blood tests they do have to go in for. That would be weird to do at home. But then they yeah. just mail it in with prepaid envelopes that come with the kits. And I get the results and call them and say, hey, let's talk about this. So it's it's so easy. Wow. And so once, you know, so once folks have gone through this and um, does it matter where they are in the stage of cancer? Is this, is this more helpful when it is like stage one versus stage four, for example? Um, yeah. Are there cancers that like really respond to this versus others that are a bit more challenging? That is a fantastic question. So this process works anywhere along the spectrum, whether you think you're going that direction and don't actually have a diagnosis. Um, if you have a diagnosis, if you're late stage and standard of care is thrown you to the side, or um, if you're post standard of care, you know, you've got the all clear margins, but then you realize like this didn't actually address the issue and you don't want it to come back. You know, you can go back in and do all the functional testing to get to the root issue when, you know, kind of the pressure valve is off. Um, now, in terms of ideal circumstances, ideally, it's not something like stage four. Um, if you've got something that's already metastasized, this work is still valuable because it will help improve the quality of life and maybe the lifespan, um, but it, it may not be able to turn everything around at that late game. But you never know. I say when there is breath, there is hope. Right. Fascinating. And now, so so we've done all this testing and now I'm like, okay, cool. We figured out what the root cause is. What are those root causes? Is it really like what you're eating? Is it really the stuff that you're putting in your body that's causing all these all these problems? That's yeah, that's the million dollar question. So, like I said, there's ten areas. I'll go over them all real quick and give you a little what they are to give you an idea of these. So, the first one is metabolic. This has to do with blood sugar dysregulation, and this is the area that most people don't realize there's issues oftentimes because you can be extremely dysregulated and not have any symptoms. Um, and we know that cancer is a metabolic disease. And this, this is going to be the a root issue of 
all chronic disease, whether it's diabetes or Alzheimer's or, you know, any of these things, heart disease. So this is one of the major ones for cancer. Um, and diet is going to be the the biggest mover of this, but there's also going to be a lot of uh, adjunctive tools and then supplements if there's blocking factors. The second would be hormones. So most of us know that a lot of these cancers are hormone driven, you know, things like breast cancer, but there's also the thyroid as well to look at. Um, and we want to make sure that these are supported and addressed, not just um, obliterated by different um, prescriptions and such. The next is the microbiome. So this includes the actual good gut bacteria that everyone is talking about, but it's also, are there pathogens? And of course, the digestive capacity. If you don't digest all the good expensive food and supplements you're eating, what good are they? Um, angiogenesis is the next area. And this is a big fancy word that means that when cancer cells are cancer cells, they're metabolically broken and they shift in how they function metabolically. And that was what we were talking about in the other area. And when that happens, they have this insane need for so much more blood sugar, the glucose, that they will actually start signaling the body to create more blood vessels to the tumor so that it can get more blood supply, which means more sugar to feed its growth. And that's what angiogenesis is. So we want to, there's markers we can look at to see how much the tumor is doing that. Um, stress is another area. So this is internal stress, like infections and blood sugar dysregulation, as well as external stress, marriage difficulty, job problems, et cetera. And we're going to look at this uh, along with the circadian rhythm, so your sleep-wake patterns and those adrenal hormones. Uh, epigenetics is another bucket. And this is, this is really interesting because most people think that genetics are the main driver of cancer. That's just like a Russian roulette, you, what you get. And right. only like less than 10% of cancer is driven by inherited genetic mutations. And what we've learned in the last couple decades is that something called epigenetics, which is your diet and lifestyle choices actually have a much greater effect in turning these genes on and off. So we'll look at those um, genetic issues and see what we can do diet and lifestyle wise specific to you to support your body in what it needs. I mentioned the immune system before, and this is a whole area that we want to make sure we support, especially if there's things like autoimmune conditions that are really putting a strain on the immune system, vitamin D levels and, and such, um, different minerals that are important like zinc for the immune system to make sure, because this is where you're supposed to have a system that goes around and all of us have rogue cancer cells in our blood waiting to develop into a tumor. And so the immune system is supposed to be going around and addressing those at all times. And so when the immune system is derailed, that doesn't happen. And we want to make sure that's happening. Inflammation. Cancer clients are a ball of inflammation usually. And these are markers that we're going to use to monitor the status if things start to get worse, progress, get better, etc. And we want to calm the inflammation down so that the body's literally not on fire. And then one of the absolute biggest buckets is the environmental toxins. And so this would be things like chemicals like BPA and benzene and different things in our air and soil and water, as well as uh, heavy metals and the mold. 
this is an area, a lot of these areas are things people aren't talking about and people don't think they have any ability to control, but there's a lot of things that you can do and you can test for and work on. And some of us are just a little bit more predisposed to not deal with them well in terms of our detoxification ability. And last but not least is probably the area that I think is under most underappreciated, and that's the mental-emotional component. Um, this is the hardest, if not impossible, to test, but usually what we see clinically is that in the year prior to a cancer diagnosis, there is something that has traumatized or hurt the cancer client's heart in a very deep, real way. Um, it could be you know, a, a divorce, it could be loss of a job or a child or, you know, something very impactful and it varies wildly. But if these traumas are not dealt with, they manifest themselves in our body physically and can be a huge contributor um, and blocking factor to cancer healing. Wow. Um, that's pretty incredible. And I'm also thinking like, this isn't just for cancer patients because I feel like everyone I'm like this is going to like all the things I think about my during the day like for me yeah <laughs> exactly so well this is this is a spectrum and a lot of areas that you know cancer is one way it'll manifest and depending on you know what you have going it might manifest in something else but this is a really great framework overall for health in general um and you know any other chronic disease as well you're absolutely right I think you're going to help a lot of folks because I think, you know, just thinking about, you know, the environmental issues, the mental health challenges that you have, um, but also like, you know, I've heard of this a million and one times about how inflammation sort of makes your ball, you know, a body a ball of fire. Um, and that's oftentimes when things start to arise. So are there ways, so, okay, well, that's two questions. One, once folks have figured out, okay, I'm going to, rock up Christina on this, like, what do you actually do to help folks? Is it a series of like things like here's what you should be eating, behavioral habits, like what's sort of like the, the go-to plan? Fantastic. So my program is a year long and we start with a whole bunch of paperwork and I send out all the lab tests. And while we're waiting for the lab tests, we start with diet. So with diet, we want it to be clean, you know, so you're not eating um, a lot of processed foods, those inflammatory canola oils and such. And then we want to get them actually into ketosis. So that would be a ketogenic diet. Um, so that doesn't happen by accident. So there's some very specific strategies so that people don't feel awful going into it and can get into it and measure it because we want to get those ketones that are super therapeutic for healing to a very high level with cancer, as well as obviously stabilize the blood sugar so we're not feeding the cancer with having high blood sugar all the time. As we then get the functional test back, this is going to be different for everybody. So depending on what shows up, we're going to support those areas, whether it's adding different nutrients that they're deficient in or to start detoxing and eliminate the blocking factors so that's going to include different protocols for detoxification, um, depending on what shows up, that may be some lifestyle things or, you know, if there's mold, we need to remediate the home. But, you know, doing the detective work of figuring out where the different toxins are at and, and what is really the ideal place for this specific client to get all those labs back into as good a place as possible and optimize. And the really cool thing about this process is that not only do you find out like why you had cancer, because that's the question that haunts most people with cancer, 
but you now have tools going forward to know where your weak links are. So you can consistently monitor things easily way before there's going to be an actual tumor that would show up on a scan. Really incredible because it's, it's it's very much like the how you live your life will determine what ends up happening. Yep. So if we can cut out some of those things that can potentially, um, you know, your body, your, your body's your temple. And if you don't take care of it, then invariably bad things are going to happen. But it's not the end of the world. You can always find your way. So I love you that. Know, you know, you um, you obviously went through this. You know, talk to me about a time like when you were going through all this, you're like, I'm never going to get through this. And then you did. Mm -hmm. It was a crazy journey, Laura. Um, It was not linear. I wish I had this more streamlined strategic plan back then. Um, But it was a lot of ups and downs. I was very alone um, and and didn't have a huge amount of support. Um, But I was very blessed to have the support I did have that led me in the right direction. and my faith was really grounding during that time, but it was confusing. I, I felt like I was doing everything right when I got the diagnosis. I mean, so just to give you a picture, like we had already had some health journeys and cleaned up our diet. I was making all our own toiletries and cleaning supplies from scratch. I was cooking from scratch, all organic. We had moved to a different state so that we could raise our own meat animals like cows which I think is a little extreme. So, I mean, we That's were a touch a little bit, <laughs> right? Right. So, I mean, I was, I was just jaw dropping shocked when I got this because I figured we were doing all the right stuff. And my friends thought the same thing. But what I found on the journey was that there were a lot of things that I didn't even know were issues. There was um, emotional trauma that I didn't realize and understand how it affected me physically. We had just moved into a moldy house. I had no idea. Um, that that was impacting me or even an issue. There was a lot of stuff like this, like the the insulin resistance I couldn't feel, the hormonal imbalances and thyroid imbalances that I didn't notice um, that were going on that I needed to address. And it, it was a really crazy journey because I just put everything on the table that I knew and said, let's reevaluate everything, which is... <laughs> You know, most people have their presuppositions and they hold on to those. But by putting it all on the table and looking at every side of the coin, I was able to come out on top and and figure out what was going on with my body. And that's where I think the power is to really figure out for me specifically, for my clients individually, like what are the things that are moving the dial for them? Because it's not a one size fits all, um, but there are certain guidelines and things to look at that are common to everyone, which are those those 10 things I just mentioned. And really important that folks, you know, you, you, you have to find your own path and, and, and figure it out. Uh, and that's a thing I think it's invariable for everyone, no matter what career they're in, but especially when dealing with, you know, health challenges. Cause I feel like, you know, there's so much I've seen, you know, just personally and, you know, in terms of friends, you know, who are super healthy and then you hear that they have cancer and it's, it is, um, it's oftentimes very challenging. So, you know, obviously these are the patients that you deal with every day. What is some advice that you can give to like, you know, friends of people who do have cancer uh, who might need that that additional support system that, as you mentioned, is so important? Yeah, uh, great. So jumping onto that, like 
almost every single client, you know, in the intake process says something along the lines of, but I was doing all the right stuff. And this is where it gets crazy because, you know, it's it's the stuff you don't know about that then we can like peek behind the curtain and see with the functional testing what's really going on. Um, and so my piece of advice would just be to do the the peeking, look, look behind the curtain, do the testing, because otherwise we're just guessing. And a lot of times the symptoms are hard to tell. It's kind of like, you know, you put that frog in the pot and turn on the water and slowly bring it to a boil. The, the frog doesn't notice. And so a lot of these symptoms have slowly crept up and you don't notice them. Um, a lot of them are silent or, or they're not directly tied with what might be going on. Um, and the best way, especially if you're if not struggling with an actual diagnosis of these, is to do the work ahead of time. And I have to tell you, this is very near and dear to my heart because not, I mean, besides the cancer, you know, I'm currently going through with my dad, he has Alzheimer's and has had multiple strokes and can't walk now. And is he doesn't usually know who I am. And I know that I have some genes that point that direction, but the things like you said, that are pointing towards cancer also direct towards Alzheimer's. So for me, I have incredible motivation because I love my brain. I want to be thinking sharp when I'm 80 and not ending up like him where he doesn't know who he is. And that, that is possible, but you have to start out, you know, a long time before there's a diagnosis of dementia um, to prevent it. Cause that's even harder to reverse than cancer in my opinion. Yeah. So it's very much being like, you know, good support and saying, Hey, have you thought about looking into this? Because there are, you know, your environment does really reflect as to what can happen to you. And yeah. I think folks don't oftentimes relay that, you know, like I said, I know plenty of folks who are like super fit and do all this stuff. And you're like, wait, what's going on? Um, so, okay. So folks are now into this program. They do it for, you said it's a year long program. What happens when you have year end? Yeah. Well, most people, it, it takes about a year um, which is why I made the program a year. And it's very concierge. So people have support because I know for myself, and one thing I've heard from clients over and over again is that they they hate the, I have to book six weeks out to talk to a doctor, blah, blah, blah. So they have access to me. Um, I have a group program starting at the beginning of next year. When they're done with the year program, you know, if they're still needing some extra work, they can, you know, add on some extra time. Or if they just want the community support, that's fine as well. Usually people are done within a year, though, especially if they're kind of on their stuff, meaning sometimes people are a little slower to dig in and get going <laughs> on their protocols. And so I want to give some leeway there. Um, but yeah, usually it's a year. Wow. Um, and so, you know, what can folks find as a kind of result? So, you know, nothing gets cured, but you end right. up being obviously demonstrably healthier as a result of this. Yeah. So, so we don't say cure, we say um, they're in remission. So that's where the markers are, you know, in good ranges, they're not seeing tumors and such, but their, their lab tests are showing in a good functional place. And by functional, I don't mean the lab ranges that come with the labs. Those are an average of the people taking the test in your area, which is weird because who takes the test? Um, we want to look at the, the much smaller ranges of where people are actually healthy and, and doing well. And so knowing those ranges and knowing when you're in them is important. 
So from there, people um, can be in remission and they'll know ongoing like what they need to do eating wise. And, you know, in terms of lifestyle choices, what they need to do supplement wise and how to check in and test and and feel and, and stay connected with their body. So, for example, for myself, one of my main drivers was I had a really extreme estrogen dominance pattern. So high estrogen, low progesterone, which is known to be, you know, one of the setups for cancer. So for me, um, last spring, I had some little symptoms, like a little breast tenderness that was not typical for me. And so I just said, hey, is this perimenopause? I'm in that age range. Or is this, you know, possibly cancer coming back? And I did some testing, the same test I had done before, um, the Dutch. And it was absolutely fine. My hormones look beautiful. So I'm like, okay, I've got that coming on my horizon. Perimenopause is starting and such. So it was no big deal. And it was really nice to see that things were not out of balance and, and this was good. Um, and so you have an idea of what to do ongoing and how to stay connected with your body so that you know when things are going sideways and what you need to watch personally. Awesome. And I think that's, I think that's a really important aspect of that. Like this isn't a one and you're done, but like this becomes a lifestyle. Yep. Um, you have to continue on. So, you know, obviously you've had an unbelievable journey. What do you think you'd tell 21 year old Katrina? Hmm. 21 year old. That was a long time ago. You know, it's interesting because, you know, I could make a list of like, don't do this, do that. But this whole journey, if I hadn't have had cancer, my life wouldn't be where it is now. And I'm so grateful. Um, I love getting to help other people and support them through this. And I wouldn't get that if I hadn't have had this journey. So I don't know that I would tell her anything except relax. God's got you. There's a plan. I think God's got you a great place. It's a great piece of advice. <laughs> so you can't go wrong. Now, so say someone doesn't have cancer. Do you recommend them going through this like 10 step process to sort of discuss, but you know, maybe they've had, you know, some health challenges recently and, you know, trying to figure out what the deal might be. Is it ever beneficial to kind of go through this 10 step like testing process as well? Or is it really about when someone has gotten a diagnosis? That is brilliant. So here's the the sticky part. Yes, absolutely. This is this is ideally what everyone would do on a regular basis to monitor their health. However, these functional tests are not covered by insurance, separate issue. Um, and the, it's not what people are doing. So most people wait till they get a diagnosis of this, that, or the other in order to jump in to motivate them enough. And this is what I see time and time again with any kind of condition um, is that people have to have enough pain to fork out the money and do the weird stuff and change their diet to be able to reverse whatever issue health-wise they have. And it just depends on the person how much pain they need to motivate them. So for me, I needed to have the pain of having cancer. Um, a lot of other people might be motivated. I mean, we had done a lot of work, but I obviously didn't know what I didn't know. And I had never done any testing before the diagnosis. So yeah, if you have the money and inclination and you're motivated, you know, like maybe I am now with a, a parent with dementia or something. Absolutely. This is a brilliant way to go about preventing stuff, but it works either way. 
And the, the sad thing is that I'm seeing this trend where I have more and more young clients. So you would think that most of my cancer clients would be, you know, 70s, maybe 60s, 80s kind of thing. I have predominantly 30 and 40 year old women, which wow. is scary to me. All right. Yeah. It's, it, you know, as I said, like I said, you know, um, I've had too many friends of mine who are, you know, in their late 30s, well, mid to late 30s, actually, um, who've gone through this in the last, you know, you know, right before COVID and like through COVID, I've seen it happen, unfortunately, you know, several times with friends of mine. And it's like, we all grew up the same. And it's like, what, how did this go down? Like how? So, you know, I definitely think that a lot of those things that you mentioned about like environment and mental health um, and, you know, where folks are living, like, I, you know, it's interesting you think about like the places you choose to live and where you live and what the, and how that affects you, how that affects you. And if you have some sort of trauma and that's like that, you know, d- degrades your health. Like I've seen it the same, similarly, like, you know, with, you know, friends who've had like, you know, really horrific breakups or marriages break apart. And then the next thing you hear is that they, they've, they've gotten some serious health issue. You like, there's a direct line to this. Yep. Um, so I think, you know, the more that folks can understand know that these options are available are key. Now you said that testing is kind of is kind of pricey. Is it like under two thousand dollars or under five thousand dollars on average to get these tests done? Um, well, it depends on what you're looking at. If you're looking at just the test, um, you know, I package it with my services, so it's more than that um, to include everything. I also charge more for my services because I don't make any money on the back end with supplements. So if you look at the cancer oncology industry, they're getting direct kickbacks from the chemotherapies, which is only in that industry. Um, And then, you know, in the natural, you know, world, people make money on the supplements. That's their major income. It's not the services. So I've, I feel like it's a conflict of interest for me to make money off of things I recommend. So it's a little different. Um, and a lot of times it's, it's a matter of, are you doing all the tests? Because, you know, with cancer, this is serious. We're turning the Titanic around and we want to get all the cards on the table at once. We don't want to wait and do like most say naturopaths do or something where you do one test that you think is the issue. And then, oh, let's wait and watch and see how it goes. And then maybe, oh, let's try this test. And they don't have enough, that much time. We want to look at everything in conjunction at the beginning. So that's also another aspect of the cost. So it's a, so it is a pricey situation, but like yeah. you know, how does your health worse? Like that's it is what it is. And if and if someone were looking to like like find a, a functional nutritionist again to start like because they haven't gotten a diagnosis, but like you know maybe they've had a recent weight gain or again something you know wildly traumatic has happened. Like is there like a national directory of functional nutritionists? Like how do they find folks who are like you? Yeah, so that's a little sticky question. Um, so most functional nutritionists are not doing this work. I have additional training um, through Dr. Nasha Winters, um, the Metabolic Approach to Health Institute that um, I work at. I, well, I don't work at that institute. I am trained by her. So I would recommend if people are looking at this specifically for cancer, that you would go there and look up. They have a practitioner listing there. Got it. Uh, so, because you know, we want to send people in the right direction, because you know, the, I think it's 
there's too many people I know, let's put it that way, um, that are, are are facing this challenge right now. So the more information, the better, I think, is key. So you have, no matter what you say, a, a unbelievably stressful and amazing and demanding job because you're helping you know, change people's lives for the better. What does Katrina do for her? So what do you do for your self-care? Well, thanks for asking. I am an avid skier, snowboarder. That's what I'm excited about coming up here where I'm like, who is, are we going to get a good season this year? Um, I love to go to the beach. Um, I have many kids that I enjoy playing with. So, you know, lots of things like that. I also do for self-care. I still keep up my infrared saunas and coffee enemas because one of the things I learned with my genetics is that I just suck at detoxification. So I just know that I need a little extra support <laughs> ongoing. Understanding that you just suck at detoxing is actually a really important thing. Like, yep, won't work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Having the self-awareness uh, is key. Um, so uh, second last question for you. Do you have a give and an ask of the audience? Yeah, I would love to give anyone that's interested in the audience a copy of my ebook, The Roadmap to Prevent Recur- uh, Cancer Recurrence. Um, so I, I'll drop you that link to, to pass on. Oh, awesome. All right. We'll put those details in the show notes for folks to grab it. I think it's just so incredibly helpful for folks to understand um, that you know, there's no one way of solving anything, but the knowledge is power. And, you know, it. we have seen a rampant um, increase in the number of folks who um, gotten, you know, cancer diagnosis under the age of 45. I, I yeah. know way too many people. I unfortunately have way too many friends um, who've either got cancer, got very sick from cancer, unfortunately passed away from cancer in the last few years. And so it was really important for me to kind of share this information because like all you can do is know more and try and find solutions um, so that you can be, and you can be well. Um, So, you know, we're in this holiday season and, you know, there's a lot to be grateful for. Um, So in the spirit of the holidays, Katrina, what are you grateful for? Oh, so many things. There's a huge list. Um, I am really grateful, like I said earlier, for this journey that I never would have planned for myself, but I just see so much coming out of it that I just absolutely love the path that God's taken me on in terms of just every single thing, but big time the cancer thing, because I enjoy working with clients and this work so, so much. That's amazing. Um, and I love that. Well, Katrina, you are just an amazing and unbelievable human, and you're doing so much good for the world. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Uh, we'll put all the details in the show notes for folks to find our ebook and have a wonderful holiday season. And thank you so much for being on the podcast. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Laura. Awesome. And that is our show. 